0: The voice of truth Tells me a different story The voice of truth Says do not be afraid And the voice of truth
1: Welcome to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. This is the morning live edition. You are listening to Voice of Truth Live with uh, State Senator Mike Azinger and Pastor Brian Leverson, the only show in America where you will experience the fusion, church and state. So we're going to take on the issues today and uh, talk about things going on in America from a biblical perspective. So we also record folks Thursdays at 5 we're on and Saturdays at 3, but we started doing a morning show live oh, i like it. just because we're crazy <laughs> you know? like uh valenda remember the high wire guy oh yeah so he said being on the wire is living everything else is waiting
2: yeah i like so that. so
1: that's how i feel about live radio live yeah. radio is a blast so we we uh appreciate our listeners also and uh uh we love uh we love just talking about the lord and um How everything's cool when he's in control, no matter what the issues are, and we want to give a biblical perspective on everything as much as we possibly can, because that's what matters. That's our problem in America, isn't it, Pastor? That that we've lost a biblical perspective, Hmm. even in our churches. Evangelical Christians don't have a biblical Hmm. worldview. Don't believe that Scripture is absolute truth.
3: Yeah, the
2: Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. And when it says there is no vision, it means an active view of the word of God. When you when you take God's view, a biblical worldview out of it, all you have is a secular worldview. And the Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of the Father abideth forever. We need his view of life in order to have calling, meaning, purpose, um, and without that, we get what we have right now.
1: We just thought our listeners would want a sermon at 9 a.m. in the morning. Hey, I'm ready.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I hope you're not eating your breakfast, folks. If you are, just sit down for a second. Because we have this story. Um, I think it's out of Iran. But uh, you said you saw it on Fox News. I saw it in the Jerusalem Post. Hmm. <laughs> As you said, this is uh, probably the most ironic story, and it might be, like, of the century. So that's what I'm thinking. World's dirtiest man dies shortly after bathing for the first time in decades.
2: <laughs> I mean, you can't laugh at that, but you can, can you laugh at that? You have I to don't laugh know. at
1: that, and then, and then... I feel bad
2: in my soul when I do, but it's almost like a natural...
1: <laughs> it is sad. So, anyway, here's a picture of the guy. And he does look like the world's dirtiest man. If you saw, he's encrusted with layers of, of filth. But look, he did, and I had friends like this in grade school. <laughs> he didn't take a bath. He died at the age of 94. Wow. He didn't take a bath for over 60 years. Wow. <laughs> Save money on soap save money on water <laughs> save money sixty years no bath and then shortly after his <laughs> I shouldn't laugh this is your fault, God, right? it is my fault you remember I protested let's not do this story and you yeah.
3: so- <laughs> I'm lying there folks so he
1: said uh, so uh, this is Iranian uh, right Iranian media reporting the story after he fell ill shortly after his first bath <laughs> I shouldn't laugh for shortly after his first bath in 60 years.
2: Uh, what? A couple He's questions. New what? First of all, triggered him to say, "You know what? I'm I'm finally, I'm finally going to take a bath. You know, this, that's going to happen. Like, what? I, I want to know what that's, transpired that's to bring question. him from a point of decades of not bathing to the moment of bathing. And then, I mean, I'd like to have been Maybe in his mind when when he was like, "Wait a minute, this bath thing's not good." <laughs> I was right for 60 years. <laughs> what am I
1: doing? <laughs> so I think it was a chick. I think he yeah, saw a pretty girl. Uh, he said, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take a bath. So yeah. my question is uh, the inverse of that. So he's not, he's 94 when he died, hadn't taken a bath in 60 years. What was it at age 34 where he said, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not taking a bath anymore. Yeah,
2: this is not working out Maybe for it was me. a
1: girl. Maybe he got jilted and he said, I'm, gonna, I'm going Definitely. to rebel by you not saying it's always bath. about girls well you know it's could be <laughs> <laughs> all right so there you go we wanted to um use that as a segue we have a and we're
2: not saying that ba- we're not pro bath or anti-bath <laughs> we're just saying this is what happens when you take your we're bath. not taking a position <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Other.
1: my my boys when they were little they were anti-bath for sure oh absolutely know, yeah? yeah you got a you got uh, a son you know how yeah. that is uh, girls aren't so hard uh when they're young. But when they become teenagers, my wife always says, I would much rather, rather raise boys than girls any mm-hmm. day of the week. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> I yeah. got I'm not
2: I really I'm just listening to you. Yeah, okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> right. All right, so we're gonna use the um dirtiest man in the world. That that's what the media called and that's where that's where that name came from. Right.
2: The we media. didn't write this we did article, not, we didn't not. pursue this story. It just <laughs> fell in our lap.
1: Yeah so we wanna um so, uh, it was out of the Jerusalem Post, so I was using that as a corny segue into a great story. If folks are familiar with Ray Comfort and Living Waters, I watch a lot of his videos mm-hmm. where um, if, if you folks haven't seen him, he goes out on the streets in California. You lived out there. Yeah. Where's he? Where's he?
2: I actually uh, got a chance to sit down and, and speak with him for wow, a while wow. and, and Kirk Cameron because he partnered with him wow. for a while. Wow, i and, and, um, you know, uh, I, I was an outreach pastor at my dad's church for a while, outreaching into the community. And then, of course, we planted the church in Southern California. And uh, it was really neat to just get their take on on how you challenge the conscience that God has already put in a man Yeah. in order where, where, where to— Where did you
1: talk to him? That's cool. It was at a coffee
2: shop. They were actually um, talking with some other folks, and I went over after they were done and introduced myself and then sat down and chatted with them for a while. That's so. awesome. Yeah.
1: The, the, he's obviously just a, a great guy. You can tell— and I know Kirk Cameron obviously is too. I think I, I admire both of them greatly. But Ray Comfort, he just goes out on the sidewalk of California where it's very liberal mm-hmm. and very, you know, very ungodly. Let's just say there's, you know, God's not in all their thoughts out mm-hmm. there. Um, and he just, he'll, he'll, Interview one person in particular, even if there's a big crowd, he'll interview him. Or sometimes, um, you know, kind of in a sequestered area, he'll he'll interview one person, and they're fascinating. Mm-hmm. And he always does the same thing, like you said, he uses the law to show them their sin, and and then gives them the gospel. And um, so we, we're going to play a, a clip here about uh, two minutes and thirty seven seconds. A uh, a wealthy American called him and said look i want to fly you to israel and your team i think he took at least one other uh, man with i'm sure a number of, i'm sure he took his whole team to film and all that and um they sent uh this this wealthy businessman asked ray comfort if he'd fly to israel and he's paid the whole deal and would you preach in israel and just like you do in america i think he just you know I don't know if it's arbitrary, but just arbitrarily set up a shop somewhere and started preaching. So he preached in one section of Israel, and you were just in Israel. I've never been there. Tim's been there how many times, Tim Deller? Just once. One time. Your dad, three times. That's why he keeps thinking three. But uh, everything went fine. I forget what part it was. He's like in the
2: Galilee region.
1: Okay. So he's in Galilee. So Mm -hmm. then he goes into Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets. Mm-hmm. So that spirit is still there, and you're going to hear this. If you want to watch it, um, uh, we'll, we'll give you the name of the of the video. But his by the way, if if you have any, you want to see something fascinating, and if, if you have any questions in your mind about abortion, he has one called he has a documentary or a video about thirty minutes long. Called 180, mm-hmm. and he goes up to these kids at secular secular universities and changes their mind biblically just by asking them some questions on abortion, and they flip. It's yeah. fascinating to watch. It just shows you how d- indoctrination. Uh, if kids are taught the truth, they'll you know that's yeah. a problem. We have generation or two or three of uh, the, of indoctrinated kids. So, Ray Comfort. In Israel this is uh, this is him and his team in Jerusalem and uh, listen closely and we'll, we'll kind of explain afterward because it, you have to be able to see it also but uh, this is the this is the audio two minutes and 37 seconds and we'll be back
4: a number of years ago a Chicago businessman called and said I've just listened to your teaching called how's best kept secret do you take teams to Israel he said I'll fly you and a friend to Israel if you do a little teaching there And so this gentleman, whose name was Dan, flew myself and Easy, the president of Living Waters, to Israel. Just after we arrived, he called the hotel and he said to me, would you like to preach open air in Galilee? I said, sure. So we went to Galilee and it went really well. And then he said, how would you like to preach open air in Jerusalem? The preaching was fine in Galilee, so I thought it would be fine in Jerusalem. Things went really well. Until I mention Jesus.
3: That was in Christ, in you are a foreign work for us. Yes, you are
4: you a, sure. a God. God. That's what you are. God. That's what you are. I don't want
0: your blessing. I don't need your blessing. Okay. i against everything you represent, everything right. you say. I want you come and you will, you come to cool people. You're to make no, a no. Christian. That's what yes, you're trying
4: to do. God will pass over your sins if you trust in Jesus Christ. If
0: Jesus Christ. The Messiah!
4: Nothing stirs up demons like the name of Jesus. There's only one human being whose name has been used as a cuss word throughout history, and that's the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus Christ. Why? Jesus told us in John 7, 7. The world hates me because I testify of its deeds that they're evil. Here is a young EZ relating what happened. Now, I've been heading up evangelism teams for several years and I've been in some very
2: awkward situations. But let me tell you, this incident in Jerusalem was the most intense experience I've ever had. The worst part's what took place off camera. The man who was yelling and spitting at Ray looked over, saw that I was filming and obviously not wanting his actions to be captured on tape, started to chase me around and try to get the camera from me. And I remember we're passing the camera behind our backs, trying to get away and it was by God's grace we didn't get killed that evening. You know, Jesus said in Luke 13, 34, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. And it's amazing that after 2,000 years, you could still feel that same intensity in the air.
4: Dan told us afterwards that he heard people saying they wanted to get hold of that camera so they could deal with me without it being filmed.
1: So there you go. If uh, You couldn't see some of the, uh, obviously it was audio, and there's a video that goes with it, but there was a one man in particular who kept, and, and they were surrounded with a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, Ray Comfort, he's not used to that. Uh, In America. These these people were right up on him. This was in Jerusalem. He went from Galilee, where everything I think was basically fine, where he preached there. Goes into Jerusalem. These people are like right up on him. I guarantee you, he's nervous. And this one man in particular... Kept spitting after Adam, and Ray Comfort, to his credit, didn't spit back, didn't punch him. He just kept yeah. ducking, and,
2: and he's and a good ducker. He was a good ducker. I, I was exactly. What I, was I was told I was early on in ministry, you either learn to pucker or duck, or, you know, to to <laughs> duck or pucker. One of the two. When, uh,
1: do you remember when? The, when? Uh, Bush was in the Middle East, and that guy threw a shoe at him? Oh and my Bush goodness! Ducked. He ducked. He was very <laughs> he was good. good. At, <laughs> so, that, so Ray Comfort is good like, reflexes. In his yeah, bag. he was. So the guy just. Uh, Kept spitting and spitting, and there was a man in particular um, who I think just basically said, uh, as as one of the well, Ray or the other gentleman said, uh, you know, we're we're going to get rid of this guy. He's yeah. not coming here and preaching in Jerusalem. And <clears throat> Ray Comfort makes that that great point at the end where he sa- he quotes. Uh, what Jesus said, uh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, yeah. thou that killest the prophets.
2: What's amazing. When we were over in Israel just a little while ago, uh, we were taking, one of our stops was at the precipice outside of uh, Nazareth. And... um yeah, you know, that's the area where Jesus' own countrymen ran him off to the edge and wow. were gonna push him over. They were gonna the Bible tells you yeah. they were gonna push him over, but then a miracle took place. He walked He through the passed ground. right through the middle of them without them knowing. Isn't that wild? Yeah.
1: So it wasn't his time, and obviously he's God and they're not gonna push him off uh, But they wanted to. Yeah. They that's wanted the spirit. to. So uh, like we were talking about spirits
2: here in the United States as well. Yeah. And and we've seen it like we've never seen it before here in the last few years with people violently pushing back against biblical ideology. Yeah. And in a way where I was reading an article the other night where there was a demonstration of a woman going into a church. I think maybe it was a Catholic church. I, I don't remember what church, but she went in there and and mimicked aborting Jesus. Yeah. Um, in order to, to try to push back against a pro-life view, a biblical view of life.
1: Let me say uh, th- this also, that and that, that's a, a, a great illustration that you made there that shows you that demonic mm. spirit is in America. But you know where else you can see it is in Halloween. Yeah. You know, my wife walks. Uh, I do too, but my wife really walks. Like you know, She walks through neighborhoods. And uh, around where you live, also, mm-hmm. um, you see things in people's yards that you never saw when we were kids growing up. Mm-hmm. There's one of uh, uh, some kind of a witch or something hold a, holding a baby upside down over a a pot of boiling water. It just it, it, it's it is a spirit. There's there's you see these. You can buy them now. These three witches around mm-hmm. uh, a. Uh, what do you call the bowl that you call Cauldron. How did you know that, Tim? <laughs> you uh, sinner. So anyway, yeah, and and I, I saw that and I thought, wow. Then I saw another one. So obviously, there's places you can go and buy these mm-hmm. and these huge twenty foot skeletons. That's a spirit. That mm-hmm. is that is a, a worship of of. Uh, of Halloween in that mm-hmm. spirit, more so than, you know, when I was a kid in the 70s, we go around the neighborhood with our, you know, whatever we were dressed up as, get candy. And your
2: construction worker, yeah, your yeah. It wasn't, <laughs> police officer. It wasn't
1: uh, <laughs> something out of a Halloween movie, what's well, yeah. a Jason or whatever, uh, but that that's here. And anyway, so I we, we thought the folks would enjoy hearing that uh, Tim, do you know the name of that video? We'll get it for you and give it after the break if you want to watch it, because it's it's really uh, a lot longer than that. But to see it um, is twice as good as, as to hear it. Yeah. But we thought the audio uh, folks would, would really be interested in hearing and I, I thought you would too, Pastor, since you just came back yeah. from, from Israel. All right, so next segment, when we come back, we're going to talk about the owner of Hobby, uh, Hobby Lobby. So this guy he's he is a gazillionaire and gives away money probably as much or more than any Christian businessman hmm. in the country and what he's doing with his business if you haven't heard we're going to talk about that and um some some woke stuff some uh, I got I got an article on some kids, some adults now who called into a California board of education after they had de- tra- after they had transitioned and then detransitioned hmm. and the awful mess that that uh, that whole uh, philosophy has has put them in they're you yeah. uh, know just you can't you can't come back no. after you have certain surgeries yeah. there is no coming back from that all right folks you're listening to the voice of truth radio show with Mike Gazinger and Brian Leversey.
2: Hi, this is Brian Leversee, senior pastor here at Fellowship Baptist Church, and I would love to invite you to come and worship with us. Our services are Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., and then again in the evening at 6 p.m. We have our Sunday school programs at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 p.m. Exciting things are happening at Fellowship Baptist, and I would love to see you there. God bless.
3: Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. There was a Roman soldier who trusted Jesus enough to send him a message. His servant needed healing. The soldier believed without needing to see and without needing Jesus to make a house call. This soldier knew he didn't deserve to be in the presence of Jesus. He was convinced that the servant would be healed if Jesus just said he was healed. This man had learned to trust those with authority, and Jesus had authority. This Roman centurion trusted the outcome to the command of one who could change outcomes. Jesus knew faith when he saw it, and this veteran showed an unexpected faith. God is the master of impossibilities. He's strong when you're weak. Bring your sin and he'll bring his forgiveness. His authority means you can trust his plan. Follow, get the help you need. Praise FM, your home for today's gospel music. All right, welcome back, folks,
1: to the Voice of Truth radio show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Gazinger, with my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversee. And we're talking about uh, what's going on in the culture and uh, we'll do a little politics probably, maybe not today, but next week. Um, uh, Tim Tim mentioned the four amendments. And, yeah. And I,
2: I think there's I, some confusion about there it. There is a lot, lot of, of confusion
1: yeah. about it, and I probably should have done it today. I just didn't really give it a lot of <clears throat> thought. But I have been getting a lot of inquiries about it. You had a question about uh, Amendment 3, which affects pastors. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know if that link helped you or not. Yeah, it was good. Okay, and and um, uh, so we'll just kind of skip. We'll just go over all four of them next next week before you know before folks are voting. So early voting starts today, so it'll be a little late for most folks. But um, I'm a, I'm voting yes on all of them. Some people disagree on a couple of them, uh, but the, the first one just real quick the first one is a separation of powers issue keeping the judiciary out of the legislative branch that's what it does the second one is amendment two it gets rid of the personal property tax no car tax and um, gets rid of the inventory and business machinery tax for for corporations Uh, some folks are worried about the counties being backfilled on it Um, i i am not i think it's a a great way to build West Virginia mm, bring some businesses. people don't have in. to yeah bring businesses in people don't have to uh, do you know corporations like DuPont or Fort they they have to pay millions of dollars a year just on what they have on their inventory what what business machinery they have in, in <laughs> inside mm-hmm. their offices and so on um, it's a punitive tax it's a it's a loser tax um, but the counties are uh, concerned that they're losing the personal property tax, and that's a legitimate uh, concern. But it's it's being taken care of. That's third. The third one is allowing churches in West Virginia to incorporate. I think we're one of the few states. I don't know. Uh, so anyway, I'll let you get some input on that. But um, th- that's what it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if 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 if, uh, if if a pastor gets sued or deacons. You know, I was on the Deacon board of a church uh in Ohio years ago, and I got served papers because somebody was suing the church and I could have been you know they could have come after my <laughs> ten cents that I had <laughs> but uh so this is this will protect with a corporate veil um, the pastor and deacons and so on the fourth one is uh the rules and regulations and um, uh, whatever's promulgated from the state board of education will now come under the purview of the legislative branch. We will approve everything. We approve everything else. We're one of the few states, maybe the only state in America, that has that approves the rules that come from the different bureau- bureaucracies. Hmm. Uh, we have a rulemaking review committee, and we look at all of them. State board of educations. Uh, rules don't come under our purview. We have an oversight committee. I'm on that committee, but but we don't have any power. We just sit there and they tell us what they're going to do, and we say, okay. Hmm. I don't know why we meet, we, <laughs> but this will say that you know if something is going into curriculum that uh, the legislature doesn't like, we can say, nope, got a problem with that. Hmm. That's how it should be. So anyway. Uh, that, uh that's a quick rundown, and maybe we'll go into them a little deeper next week. Um, Hobby Lobby. We have one here in Wood County, and they're all over the place. My decision to give away ownership of Hobby Lobby. I chose God. This is David Green. He's the hmm. owner. He is uh, the, the the uh, Museum of the Bible. Yeah. That's David Green. Hobby yeah. Lobby money. It's amazing. And have you, I've never been there. You've well, been there?
2: Well, there was a, a segment of it that came through our area. So so I think they have the Museum of the Bible in D.C. Yeah. And then they have, you know, like many museums do, kind of a roving display yeah. of things. And like it came through like and was at uh, Simi Valley's uh, uh, Reagan's Presidential Library. I think they had the display on when we oh, were able wow, to go okay. and see it. So cool,
1: Yeah. Um Patagonia's founder, that must be the company that over all of them, I don't know, uh, but this is David Green's Hobby Lobby's founder, recently made news when he gave away the ownership in his company to allow the mission and purpose to remain intact. His decision, while rare, reflects the decision of other business owners like Alan Barnhart of Barnhart Crane. I don't know who that is. Uh, I experienced, this is David Green, I experienced a similar decision-making process with my ownership of Hobby Lobby. I chose God, David Mm -hmm. Green says. The thought process reflects a basic competition of ideas that I think every business leader should reflect upon. What is the true source of your success? And he says, look, it's God. He closes Mm -hmm. on Sunday like Chick-fil-A. They're not as famous for it. But Hobby Lobby, you can't go there on Sunday. And he said Sunday was his busiest day. Yeah. So that takes faith, doesn't it, to do (laughs) this. In the mid-1980s, I went through a period where I'd grown proud, thinking I had the mightest touch and I nearly lost the business. God had to show me that he was the one who granted success. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 818 that it's God who gives us the power to make wealth. Amen to that. Amen. So he's look. He's basically saying, I don't know how many billion he's worth. I'm sure it's billions. But he's not passing it on to his kids and grandkids to ruin them. Because <laughs> trust fund kids don't have the best reputations, right? <laughs> because we all need uh, accountability and to work and to earn our own way. Um, so he's not doing that. Although maybe you can give some context on this, but the Proverbs says, a good man giveth an inheritance to his children's children. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Not his children. Pro- Proverbs says to his children's children. Yeah. So there is that.
2: Yeah. I think Solomon, when he writes in Ecclesiastes and in Proverbs, really sets up the whole idea of why God gives us um, our resources. And it is ultimately as a, as a, a thing to enjoy that he's given to us and then to glorify him. And in that context, we want our children to be in that flow. But like you said, you can ruin your whole family when money and the pursuit of success, earthly success becomes your God and you push him out of the view. That's the view of Ecclesiastes, which I'm teaching through right now under the sun, apart from God under heaven.
1: Yeah. And,
2: uh, but he nailed it. He's, he's I think
1: it's interesting. you decided uh, on Ecclesiastes. Um, I, I love Ecclesiastes. Hmm. It's to me kind of a a, a book that's ignored. Yeah. You don't hear a lot about it. I used to uh when I when I was on the radio station, uh when I had my radio show in Indiana, you don't get paid uh, voluminous sums of money to be <laughs> a Christian. <laughs> so I had a second job at night. I would I would clean a uh uh repair area of a Ford dealership hmm. at night and I would listen to mark levin and ecclesiastes on tape hmm. just every night boom 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 and uh because i think there it, it's a fascinating fascinating um it teaches you not to steal your neighbor's um trash off of the <laughs> driveway right <laughs> that was funny so uh, that was an inside joke but um you know, I did the same thing. Uh, you you told that story in in your sermon, but uh, about you saw you saw a table for your little girl to get <laughs> yeah. out of the neighbor's trash, which is fine, because I was going to do the same thing. So uh, there was one across the street from me, one of my little girls, like seven or eight, and I thought, was well, he putting it out there? Cause that's nice, so I called the guy. I went back inside and I texted to the guy because he doesn't live at the house. He was he goes back and forth, lives somewhere else. And uh, I told my little girl about it. She's all excited. So I went inside, texted him, "Hey, can, are you gonna use that table?" Because I wasn't sure if he was. It was nice little girl's play table. Yeah. And he said, "No, take it." So I went outside, and someone had already gotten. It, <laughs> 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 it was you. It's actually before you were here <laughs> <laughs> in here, <air. laughs> But uh, my little girl brought that up last night, ironically Yeah, it did, Daddy you, <laughs> That, uh, tape, she uh, she did not like that
2: I was out oh, walking the dog last night And uh, I ran across this really nice chair that a neighbor had put out And uh, I didn't have my family with me to help me carry it home Because it was a couple <laughs> blocks away from my house But I, I snapped a picture of it and posted it on our church's I Facebook saw, page I I it <laughs> was hilarious
1: I think I like your. uh, (laughs) I like the. um, By the way, I want to bring this up real quick. So the morning paper, if you get the newspaper, I don't necessarily recommend getting getting the newspaper. I do recommend. I knew Mike. (laughs) I hate this mic. You always grab it in the the wrong
2: spot. It just
1: (laughs) can we get the Deacon boards on the phone during the show and tell them I hate this (laughs) mic. All right, so uh, library material question. So there's uh, at the at the public library there is uh, uh, overt look. It's pornography Mm -hmm. in these books that they're. That there and there's a gal I met with her yesterday and a, a few other people um, day before yesterday, and she's on fire about this. Hmm. Um, and she took it yesterday. To her credit, she's a she's a little fighter. She took these books. She showed it to uh, well. She took the books to the city council meeting last night, and um, Sharon Cool, city councilman who's a good lady, she said, Oh, I'm not voting for the Levy Library Levy now mm-hmm. after seeing these books that contain pornography that these that anyone can check out, including mm-hmm. kids. I mean it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. And uh Ray Eubanks, a new the new uh Christian uh guy that just got appointed by uh Tommy Joyce, the mayor, to city council also said, Yeah, this is outrageous and it made the front page of the paper. So uh it's it's uh, you want to call the library folks. You can do it and see what the deal is. Cause mm-hmm. I heard about it. I went down there looking for the books. This is several weeks ago. So I called the gal, this gal who who I don't want say her name. Well, it's uh, Jessica Gowdy. She's a great great mm-hmm. little warrior for the Lord. Uh, so she had posted it or something. I, I said I'm gonna go down there and I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna talk to them. So I went down there and the books weren't there. And she said, yeah, I checked them out. I kept him. I still <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I said her, her late fees on the books is probably <laughs> in the millions. But, know, but she is on it. So this wow. is what's happening, and she's being vigilant, and this is mm-hmm. what we need to do. Uh, so anyway, your local library, folks, you know, those little libraries that Mr. Carnegie started are being corrupted. Uh, so next story, transitioners call a uh, school board and uh here we go so this is a daily wire story that is uh ben shapiro's is that right Tim? Mm-hmm. Ben, yeah. Ch- ben shapiro's group so i pay for this fire to get past this firewall um and it's one of the few places i pay for but daily wire to me is worth it they yeah. have good stuff so this is this is fascinating. D transitioners call school board meeting to caution against transgender ideology. So there's three of them. Three of these looks like two biological females and one biological male. You have to nowadays you have yeah. to put biological uh, before male or female, so people will know. Yeah. It's called confusion. God's yeah, not the author of it, right? Mm. Three. Um. this is Christina Buttons is the author. 3 detransitioned young adults called into a California school board mm-hmm. meeting. There's some things happening in California. Mm-hmm. Your state out there, Preacher, it's not all over for California. Using their personal experiences with gender-affirming care to object to the district's adoption of policies that support transgender ideology. On Tuesday, this would have been uh, several weeks ago, on Tuesday, Chloe Cole, Abel Garcia, and Kat Katinson phoned into the Kanoa Valley Unified School District Board of Education meeting during their public comment session to voice their dissent about the ideology that caused them to believe they were transgender and pursue medical transition. Although they were only allowed two minutes to speak due to time constraints, each was met. With roaring applause from the audience in hmm. attendance. Wow! How about that? So we have this audio. We should play this uh, next week sometime. But uh, so here's what one of them said: I'm calling because I'm concerned about the messaging directed at kids by the school surrounding gender identity ideology. Said Kat Katenson, a 30 year old molecular biologist and de woman. I mean, she's a female. Mm-hmm who believed she was a boy after being introduced to de- uh, gender ideology at 13 years old. Mm-hmm. So apparently she was introduced in school, right? Yep. Because that's what she's calling into, the school board. I began identifying as the opposite sex, a man, and that belief negatively affected me for the next 15 years, said Cattinson. Caneo Valley United Unified School District in Southern California has drawn media attention in recent months um, for the for uh, their adoption of policies that reinforce the belief that whether someone is a man, boy, or woman, or girl has nothing to do with one's biology, but instead is determined by one's subjective and undefinable gender identity. So that's a lot of confusing gobbledygook mm-hmm. for indoctrination into the LGBT thing. So now, one more paragraph, and I'll let you... Uh, comment on this, uh, Pastor Letter uh, buti- C. Uh, puberty blockers, cross sex hormones, and surgeries are irreversible, hmm. said Cattinson. Let me say that again because the Morgantown Children's Hospital has puberty blockers on their website. Really? Yes. Which reminds me, I have to. Make a call up there um, puberty blockers cross sex hormones and surgeries are irreversible. Wow, these butchers these doctors who are actually butchers who t- go in there and 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 ruin these kids hmm. they remove uh, look they remove biological parts mm-hmm and they're never going to be reattached. Yep. That doesn't work that way. And these children are ruined for the rest of their life.
2: Yeah. And that's what lies do. You know, lies bring death. The, the, the great lie in the garden brought separation between man and God, and the devil still wants to get right in the middle between man and God and destroy man, and that's why we need to be so active about calling this stuff out in the libraries, in the schools, because they're going after the children. I mean, you are where you're at in life right now. You're probably not going to make too many uh, major decisions about your identity if you're over, you know, 27 to, you know, whatever, but they're, they're getting the kids because they know this is how they're going to transform culture away from God and separate people from God. And, and this physically when it happens is irreversible but i'm glad that spiritually it is reversible i'm glad Mm -hmm. we've got a great redeemer that when we come before him and we repent of our sin when we see that it's a lie and that it's not a true not true um and we turn to the one who is the way the truth and the life he will forgive that he will restore that person he will save that person and spiritually uh, they can be reunited right back to god
1: amen that's that's a Great, great point. So, no matter you know, no matter what you've done, you know, God may God may not restore your body to what how it was, but He will.
2: One day He will do that too. One day
1: you'll get a new body. Amen to that. Okay, so we're done with this segment, folks. One more segment. We kind of do them in twenty minutes uh, on the Voice of Truth radio show. The next segment: the top books, the top schools. What books do they recommend at the top schools? This is interesting. This is our buddies at Intellectual Takeout. And then um, what else we got on the agenda? Well, it's good. i got to decide during the break what what exactly we'll have time for. But you're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show with State Senator Mike Azinger and Pastor Brian Leversee. We'll be back right after this.
0: A portion of today's programming on Praise FM has been brought to you by an underwriting grant from Levitt Funeral Home. Levitt Funeral Home is the area's only locally owned multi-generational home. Five generations of the Levitt family have been personally involved in serving our community. So, a family can always do business with someone they know someone they can depend on. Levitt Funeral Home can offer information about grief resources, ideas on planning a funeral or memorial service, information about our products and services, and ways to bring family and friends together through our online obituaries, email condolence program, and information for families about the Levitt Family Center. Levitt Funeral Home is celebrating 125 years of serving the Valley with two locations in Parkersburg and Belpray. The phone number for Levitt Funeral Home is 422-6459. We are thankful for John and Stephen Levitt of Levitt Funeral Home for supporting listener-supported Praise FM Radio. A portion of today's programming on Praise FM 103.9 and Faith Talk 1450 is brought to you by Reno Refinishing. Reno Refinishing is a locally owned and operated furniture repair and refinishing shop. Mike McKenzie, the owner and operator of Reno Refinishing, has 25 years of experience in furniture repair and restoration. Reno Refinishing is available for a free quote to strip and refinish a favorite furniture piece, fix a broken table or chair, or bring a family heirloom back to life. The motto of Reno Refinishing is No job too big or too small. The phone number for Reno Refinishing is 740-376-0342 and their before and after pictures can be seen at facebook.com slash RenoRefinish. We are thankful for Mike McKenzie and our friends at Reno Refinishing for their support of listeners supported Praise FM 103.9 and Faith Talk 1450.
1: Welcome back to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azinger, with my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversey. We are, uh, we are moving along like a freight train, <laughs> Pastor, just through all, all these stories and everything going on. There's never a lack of things to talk about mm-hmm. in a one-hour weekly show. We're on also, we uh, we start out going live on the morning, 9 o'clock, on, what is it, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Then... Uh, Tim records it and puts it on uh, Thursdays at 5, Saturdays at 3, same show that you're listening to now. But uh so if you miss it on Wednesday mornings, I want to see hear what they had to talk about. You can hear it recorded Thursdays at 5, Saturdays at 3, and you can download it. And download yeah. it at Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger, yes. right? And that uh when you do that, please send uh, a $5 bill to <laughs> Mike Azinger. And uh, I, I do give you a – have I been You'd paying take you take Monopoly money, right? <laughs> yeah, that's all I've been getting, actually.
2: That's all we say. print anymore anyway. So. <laughs> that's about right.
1: <laughs> um, okay, so this is a great story, but we're going to get to that in a second if we have time. We have to push this to next week. It's on uh, Marxism, it's, and I pushed the wrong story. Okay, here we go. Top schools think 7th and 8th graders should be able to read these books. Okay. Okay. Um, this is a Annie Holmquist story. Our, our gal at Intellectual Takeout. She has these great little blogs. They're like blogs. She doesn't write long stories, but she always has just really fascinating stories like this. Schools that use a classical curriculum have a reputation as being more riglo- rigorous than their peers. Um so to see if this reputation is deserved we conducted a survey of over 100 classical schools so these are schools that that teach latin and logic and and uh, you read the great books and you write in cursive, that, t- mm-hmm. <laughs> that type our, stuff. Our
2: <laughs> girls actually went to one in California for Did a couple they? years. Yeah, they had a hybrid program where you could homeschool for a couple days, and they would go to the school for a couple days. Oh, that is and, cool. And, uh, yeah, they, they taught uh, rhetoric and, you yeah. know, how to reason things out, yeah. and they read a lot, like, lots of reading assignments. Yes. So it was a pretty powerful, you know, curriculum.
1: So Pete Hegseth has a, a fantastic book out where he talks about the history of the public education system where where it went wrong and and the NEA we talked about this but the NEA used to print Bible verses to pass out to schools mm-hmm. back in the 60s before before everything um, everything went wrong and then he talks about classical Christian education how it's just booming and that being the answer to the education system and you would probably agree mm-hmm. that and homeschooling and and um, you know anything with a with a, a biblical worldview. Um, so anyway, so they surveyed over 100 classical schools and um, to find out what they're reading. Below are the 25 most common books assigned to 7th and 8th graders at schools with a classical curriculum. Are these indeed more rigorous than the books you or your child read in middle middle school? Do you think middle school students should be able to read these texts? He always throws those questions in there. All right, so here we go. I'm going to go fast. The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, Julius Caesar by Shakespeare. Um, uh, Mark Twain was the first one, of course. Animal Farm, uh, George Orwell. you got to learn farming. That's very important. <laughs> <laughs> I read the I read the uh, kids version of Animal Farm. That's as far as I got. Beowulf. Wow. Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. Do you know who that is, Tim? Yes. Who? Uh, that is um, Tolkien, isn't it? Tolkien. That's right. Mm-hmm. Canterbury Tales by Chaucer. Mm-hmm. To Kill a Mockingbird, Harper Lee. The Red Badge of Courage. I made my boys read that one. <laughs> the Call of the Wild, Jack London. Macbeth, Shakespeare, A Midsummer Night's Dream, Shakespeare, Romeo and Juliet, Mm -hmm. Shakespeare. I think I would go nuts. (laughs) I would be looking for a window to jump out on the second or third story of whatever building we're in. The Odyssey by Homer, Screw Tape Letters, C.S. Lewis, that's a good one, I've read them. Jekyll and Hyde by Robert Louis Stevenson, The Divine Comedy by Dante, A Christmas Carol, Charles Dickens, The Enid by Virgil. Is that how you pronounce Mm -hmm. that? Um, Across Five Aprils. I've never heard of that one. Mm -hmm. I love that title, though. I don't know what's in the book, but the title is glorious. Mm -hmm. Uh, King Arthur and his Knights of the Round Table. All right, so here's the last five. Do you all want to take any guesses?
2: Um, House of Seven Gables. No. Uh, what's the... Tale of one? Two Cities.
1: Those are good guesses. Number f- 21, The Hobbit by Tolkien. Okay. 22, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, Mark Twain. Um, did you mention Charles Dickens' one? Yeah. Tale of Two tale Cities. Two, yeah. Well, great expectations, Okay. Dickens. Uh, Johnny Tremaine. Hmm. That, that sounds like somebody that would star on Happy Days. <laughs> Where's Johnny Tremaine? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Hey>. uh,
1: <laughs> and then number twenty-five. I have read a uh, diary of Anne Frank. Y'all yeah, read that one, yeah. yeah? So that's that one breaks your heart. Yeah. So there you go. There's twenty-five books. Those are all rigorous and lots of yeah. Shakespeare in there. Uh, I, you know, I read Shakespeare in public school. I think they probably still teach Shakespeare mm-hmm. in public school. But this, the the war on Western civilization, is is taken. Uh, you know, hey, hey, ho, ho! Western yeah. civ's got to go. So that had an impact, and a lot of a lot of the great books are just removed, Yeah. removed uh, from. Uh, so I have a book called uh, "The Bible," the book that built Western civilization, which is about the Bible, written by mm-hmm. an Easterner, a guy named Vishal uh, Mangalwadi, who's uh, an Indian guy, an Indian believer. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Bible built Western civilization, mm-hmm. but we don't teach it. We don't well, teach and
2: many and many of these books challenge you to have a view outside of yourself mm-hmm. where you're contemplating the plight of men and nations and uh, other individuals than you. And I think that a lot of what modern education wants you to focus on is yourself and Wow. The transition you're going through yeah. and what applies to me. And I think that's a huge shift in mentality. And so critical
1: theory is all about me. Yes. Isn't it? Yes. It's all about how you have offended mm-hmm. me and I deserve.
2: And what classification of victimhood you reside in, mm-hmm. where these other writings challenge you to be the one who isn't worried about yourself but makes the world better for others.
1: Yeah good. Um, okay, so let's save this one. I've got a story here from The Federalist. Folks, if you don't read The Federalist, they uh, they, they do great stuff, just like Intellectual Takeout, uh, stuff you won't find. in if you're on Facebook, just like The Federalist and like uh, Intellectual Takeout, or go to thefederalist.com or intellectualtakeout.org. I think some Hillsdale College guys are involved in intellectual takeouts beginning, but I'm not 100% sure. But great, uh, great website. So next week we'll do the front lines of the battle to save America is Virginia. What they're doing to history. Virginia, of course, is the fountainhead of american history Mm -hmm. right it all happened there if you want to learn american history you want to see american history you go to virginia i've been i took my kids i dragged them. i had a buddy used to make fun of me uh um i tell him i was going on vacation what what museum are you dragging your family through (laughs) this time
2: that's the way all of our family vacations are yeah i mean we just got back from from williamsburg last year and went to dc and yeah you know, it's always doing something about American history. We just love it.
1: That's then that's awesome. That's the way it should be. But so anyway, these these museums uh, like Monticello, mm-hmm. uh, Jefferson's place, Mount Vernon, Washington, Montpelier, uh, Madison's home. They're being they're being and
2: wokeified.
1: They're being wokeified. Critical theory is being taught there mm-hmm. because it's being funded actually by a friend of Governor Yunkin, the new great governor of Virginia who needs to step up here and, t- mm-hmm. and take care of this because they're – I get on uh, – I'm on uh, the Mount uh, Montpelier web- website on Facebook, and when it comes through the feed, I just get on there and jump on them about there being – all woke and marxist now because they are mm-hmm. uh, you can tell by who they invite they're inviting these marxists these critical theory people into speak at these places and they're making their uh these heroes like madison and washington and jefferson out to be nothing but slave owners mm-hmm. that's it that's all they were uh so uh we all have we all have uh areas in our lives that we'd don't like, and that history could say something bad about, but these were the greatest men of the century, of Mm -hmm. two centuries, that God providentially put in America to create a nation that would uh, be the birthplace of freedom, the greatest freedom since probably Israel as a nation when God created Israel, and uh, that sent the gospel across Mm -hmm. the world, right?
2: And the work ultimately that they did in their careers led to um, the resolving of a lot of those sins and issues that even they had participated in. So y- you have to look at history as a whole. You can't just dissect it out in order to deconstruct it and and create your own narrative. Yeah,
1: and, and um, so that's that's what uh, that's what we'll talk about next week. But uh, I got a quick story here. We got about what do we got here, Jim? Five minutes? Uh, about two minutes. Okay, two minutes. Okay. Um, let me find it here, folks. It's it's called uh, "Kids Need Both Parents," and this is another intellectual takeout story. Uh, it's it, the the title says the obvious, mm-hmm. right? But nowadays, with with so many broken families, and and uh, you know, we're not picking on anybody at all. Uh, things happen, you know. Mm-hmm. And, but but the, this story just makes the point that that. Kids need mom and dad both, hmm. right? They need mom and dad both. So this is Annie Holmquist again, who wrote the story we just talked about, uh, the book story. She says, when I was a young college student trying to find my feel my way through class and take assignments seriously, I dutifully weighed in on an online discussion board with a few thoughts on the disadvantaged children raised in the single home face so anyway she talks about how that was a uh, a big mistake and uh people people got really upset but uh psychoanalyst jumping down the story a little bit erica comissar tim keep me up on time here because we yeah. may just jump out of this uh how much time we got here
4: yeah, about about another minute
1: okay psychoanalyst erica commissar understands this writing in the wall street journal she says that political correctness is bad for kids citing a new poll in which nearly 70 percent of those with a liberal political affiliation disagree that quote that marriage is needed to create strong families so you have a you have a uh a whole zeitgeist. You have a political f- a philosophy in America that look, marriage isn't that important. Seventy percent of these. Those polled marriage is important. Having mom and dad both isn't important. And the biblical view of that would be the contrary.
2: It's designed on purpose for a reason by a creator who has intention. And when you mess with it, you mess with the blessings that come with it. Yeah,
1: amen to that. All right, you're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show. We're done for today. You can hear us Thursdays at 5, Saturdays at 3, same show, podcast at Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger. God bless you, folks. Have a great day. We'll see you next week.